0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host Joshua Peake, and I have a special guest today. I have Matthew Tarleton. Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you, Josh? Doing Joshua. great, Um, We were just discussing all the nuts and bolts of how we make this podcast work, and how he and I both do podcasts. And I was like, man, there's so much I want to talk about. But in there, I'm just I'm I'm normally an ad libber, so I tend to delve way into it and i'm going god this is good content why don't you put this in the thing because see here's the thing is uh, i know that there's people out there that are going to l- listen to our podcast and go these are some questions i have like you know what is your thought process? how do you go through this stuff what are you thinking in the beginning how did you put this together and every one of those nuts and bolts steps is important and i think most people glaze over it or they think that it's too daunting and they go yeah i don't know that seems like a lot i don't want to do that right and i think the problem is most people get in their own way yeah um, for me personally, I've, I've found that I've tried to get my friends into it and they've all shown interest and maybe started, but then just never followed through. Or I've got one friend that does a few episodes here and there mm-hmm. on his own podcast and uh shout out to Greg, uh, five and 40 podcast, check it out. He did the crypto files in December and it hasn't done any sense. So Greg, <laughs> I'm calling you out punk. <laughs> all right, Greg. So, <laughs> but for me and and probably for you too, it started off as just an obsession of, I don't know why, but I have to do this. Yes. Uh, when, when I first started, uh, I was, it was really a matter
1: of getting over a fear of just putting myself out there. Usually I'm pretty quiet reserved guy. I, I you know, recluse, if you want to call me, um, but I had a story. I got stories to tell about my, my mental health issues. So I wanted to share that with others because I know that there are others out there, particularly men, uh, particularly in, in this around the same age that I am. Um, I was born in 83. So anywhere from mid mid to early 70s to mid 90s, if you were born in that generation, we all kind of grew up together. Um, and I've had conversations with friends, coworkers, you name it. And they will talk about their mental health issues in private, but they won't talk about it openly. Right. And I wanted to create a forum, a space for that. So that's why I started part-time struggle. Um, but it was, like you said, it was very intimidating. And, and I was getting in my own way before I even started it because of that fear of, of putting yourself out there, being, being somewhat of opinionated, uh, talking about a subject that's somewhat hard to talk about. If you want it to be hard to talk about, I'm trying to make it easy to talk about. Um. So yeah, getting over that fear was was a big part of me. I was I was certainly in my my own way mm-hmm. before before I got started. Yeah. yeah, and once once you get in there and you you sit down and you probably know this, Joshua. Um, you get in there, you you press record. That red light comes on, and you're like, "Oh crap! Now what?" Yeah, it's it's kind of like what Mike Tyson said. Mike Tyson says everybody's got a plan until
0: they get punched in the face. Speaking of which, speaking did, of which, did you see the video of our friend on the plane? That, I didn't. I didn't hear the audio, but I saw him. I, I guess he was berating Mike on the airplane, and yeah. at a certain point, Mike just stood up and was like, "You know what? How about I punch you repetitively in the face?" Yeah. So,
1: so the guy was drunk, and and I want to ask anyone this question: Have you ever been so drunk that you have said, "I'm gonna go pick a fight with Mike
0: Tyson"? Um. Yes, uh, <laughs> I've been that drunk before. Also, he had a what looked like a fresh Marine Corps haircut, which is par for the course. I mean, i as a for as a Marine, I can tell you, uh, there's a moment in your life where you think, I think I could take him, <laughs> <laughs> and you're absolutely wrong, but you. <laughs> But you think in your head that you're bulletproof until you get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so it looked like, from what I
1: saw, it was recorded from two different angles. There was a guy that was sitting in the seat right beside the dude that was causing a ruckus. And then there was somebody behind him. So the, the person behind them got the fight. But the guy beside him kept recording bits and pieces of this guy that was like, um, I'm going to reach over the seat and, and talk trash to Mike Tyson and and just whatever. And the guy that was sitting beside him was like, dude this is Mike Tyson Are you sure you want to keep doing this yeah he was kind of egging him on in a way and then Mike Tyson stood up and gave him some rabbit punches to the face nothing nothing he didn't it was such a you know an airplane yeah. it's a tight tight area he he couldn't rear back but he gave him some rabbit punches and then the next video we saw was the guy that's kind of sitting there sad like I just got beat up by Mike Tyson now he could have been
0: happy because he's like there's a lawsuit in this potentially yeah. I might make some money off of this yeah but also, I didn't hear the audio, but I'm, I'm assuming that uh, any judge in his right mind would be like, you know what? You're an asshole and you deserve to be punched in the face. <laughs> sometimes people deserve sometimes, to be sometimes. In the face. Yes. Sometimes. I guess, I don't know. We, we live in such a weird world of litigation nowadays. Like if the jury is sort of like, I, if they've never been in a fight, they're more likely to uh, side with the kid. If they've yeah. ever been in a fight, they're going to be like, you know what? You got it. Yeah. You understood. You got you got what you deserve. He didn't annihilate you, which no. he could have. He could have yes. killed the kid. You know, he didn't. He's like, you know what? You just need to be smacked around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it's a lesson out there for a lot of people. Uh, if you're in a position where you think you can suddenly pick a fight with someone, be prepared for the consequences because nowadays there's a lot of people out there that uh, are studying to fight in mixed martial arts and all sorts mm-hmm. of things and they can legitimately hurt you. So, uh, you can run your mouth if you want to, but uh, you're going to have to suffer the consequences. Karma sometimes comes with a with a good right hook. Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, it does. But to get back to your your topic, we 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 got off on a tangent there a little bit. To get back to your topic of um of starting the the process that that I did once you press record, it's kind of like okay, even though what I do isn't live. Um, I go back and edit it. It's still when you press record, when you see that red light come on, you gotta provide content. Mm-hmm. And usually, what I do is I fly solo. I've had had a few guests on. I had had Kelvin Durant on mm-hmm. recently. I've had my wife on. If you want to call her a guest? You can sure. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so. So the starting, getting started was the hardest part. But now that I'm doing it more and more, it's just about repetition. Um, The more I do it, the
0: more comfortable I get. And I'm sure you you fell into that similar category. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and also in the beginning, like we were talking about how you start. um, I started with just my phone Mm -hmm. and an app. And I just hit record and started talking. And I didn't actually listen to it. I just recorded it (laughs) and I hit send. And I was like, I don't know what I just done. <laughs> I like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and I guess because of doing YouTubes for quite a while, um, I'm constantly shooting content. I'm constantly hitting record on things. So my mindset is always on, what are you going to say? And say it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that triggers a mechanism in my brain that just goes, be on the fly. Think about what you want to do and figure out how it relates to the situation. Mm-hmm. Don't forget a fact the fact that people are listening. Yeah. And so because people are listening I always go make it entertaining. If it's um if you are going through some stuff, try to put yourself in a position of thinking, okay, share that because the real stuff is what matters. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know you said you I'd heard yours where you said uh, you you don't listen to that many mm-hmm. uh, about 6 episodes or so yeah, you listened yeah, to. Yeah. And, but I've been listening since uh, probably 2013 to a bunch of episodes and right. a bunch of different podcasts and a bunch of podcasters. And um, Burt Kreischer is a comedian who is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, he hosts the he hosts the thing called the Bertcast, and mm-hmm. he'd been on Joe Rogan before. He told his machine story about how he got involved with Russian <laughs> mafia Love and robbed a train, and <laughs> and um, and that that was really my introduction to what podcasting was. And then he made a comment. He goes, yeah, he goes, you know, my buddy Tom keeps telling me to start a podcast. Tom Segura is another huge podcaster guy. Great guy. and comedian and his best friend. And, you know, he was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And 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 one day at Easter, uh, Tom showed up with Joey Diaz, happened to be in his house, another comedian. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, his dad was there. His family was there. They were doing a big thing. And Tom just turned the equipment on. He goes, hey, hey, I turned it on. Talk. <laughs> he goes, about what? And that was the first episode. Right. And in that first episode, they go into a deep thing where a friend of theirs was at the house. Um, the woman had wrote a story, which became a movie from Oliver Stone called The Thin Red Line. Mm-hmm. She was in Cambodia. She was a refugee. She was in a helicopter as it was flying above these rice fields while people were shooting at them, holding her brother's hand out of the window. And their hands slipped and he fell and he died. Yeah. And this story, she wrote a book. And from that book, Oliver Stone made this movie. Just happens to be one of their best friends. Right. And was there and told her story on the podcast, episode wow. one. And Joey Diaz was there. What, and What great content for and, episode yeah. one. And Joey pops on the microphone and Joey's, Joey's high. Joey's <laughs> eating edibles. And he's like, dog, I gave you, I gave your dad some popcorn. And he goes, you what? He goes, yeah, he's going to see the moon tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dad, don't, don't eat that popcorn. And he goes, no, no, but it's good. Let's popcorn. And he goes, Dad, that's got marijuana. And he goes, No, it's just, it's just popcorn, man. It's just popcorn. <laughs> he's like, Dad, he's like, I had to make a decision. Do I let my dad ride this alone or do I join him? And he goes, All right, let's have some popcorn. Mm-hmm. He said, So me and my dad got extremely high yes. and we sat out the back and we contemplated the stars. And he goes, That was the first real conversation me and my dad ever had about. He said, I always thought my dad didn't like me. And he said, He was high and his dad apparently died when he was 40. Mm-hmm. And so, He said, my dad was a kid when his dad died. And he goes, so that trauma, I guess, triggered something in him, in me, because, you know, Bert's kind of a party animal guy. And he was like, my dad was just like you. And I'm worried that you're going to, that you're going to have a problem. And he said, I'm, I'm worried that your heart's going to explode like my dad's did. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I don't care what you do as long as you're healthy. And he goes, okay. He says, I'll see a cardiologist. Wow. So he made an appointment the next day. And that, like, that podcast was like a pivotal moment for them in their relationship. Yeah. Because it resolidified them, it made it made Bert be healthy. Because now, even though he drinks and he parties and all that stuff, he still shows video after video of him, you know, running on the treadmill, yeah. seven miles a yeah. day, and putting in these extreme miles and doing this extreme athlete kind of stuff. And yet, he looks like me, you know. He's <laughs> he's an overweight guy, and he's just, but he's also fit in yeah. a way, which breaks the stereotype of everything. Which I think, in a weird way, a lot of us want to be. A lot of us want to be the contradiction. A lot of us want to be the Frankenstein's monster who's supposed to be big and scary, but just wants to play with the flowers and push a little girl in the swing. Oh, no doubt. Yes. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's that thing you don't expect, you know, it's um, I don't know. There's something beautiful and poetic about, you know, going into a, a restaurant and you see somebody who maybe has tattoos all over them and rings mm-hmm. in their face and stuff like that. And then they pull out an instrument and they play the most beautiful music you've ever heard. Right. You're like, Whoa, was not expecting that. It's the surprise. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, we, we, we learn what different types of people look like and how they're supposed to act through media. And a lot of that's just a lie. It's it's not true. Um, But the media has such a big influence on our lives that, that, you know, we, we, we see these things and then we think these people are going to act this way. And then we actually meet them and and we're like, you're nothing like what I thought you were going to be. You're actually an amazing person,
0: even though you may look or sound this way. And yeah, so I I totally get that. So the, the, I totally got off a tangent, but the first episode taught me something. It taught me that the thing I liked the most about it was the real life. It wasn't the precision. It wasn't the studio enhanced version of what it should be like television is like radio is. Mm -hmm. This was real life. There's people coming and going out of the room. There's people yelling in the background. He's yelling for his wife.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Get The the
0: dog is in here. Get the dog. And, and and I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking, this is my favorite part. (laughs) This is the beautiful mess that is It is as real as our own lives, and it's the stuff that goes on. When I listen to Rogan, I've listened to hours and hours of Rogan. I mean, there's moments in the podcast where he does a three-hour podcast, and they go, I really got to piss. He goes, go piss. He goes, I got to piss, too. We'll just, yeah. (laughs) he'll put the headphones down, and he's like, I got to go. Or he'll say, hey, Jamie, you talk. And he's like, about what? (laughs) He goes, I don't care. I'll be right back. And
1: that's what I try to remind myself of and remember when I'm doing my podcast is I want to get the realness of it. Because sometimes my wife and I, will just be having conversations in our living room about life. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: God, I wish there was a microphone in front of us right now. Because this is really deep, really good stuff. Well, and also being a father, you always think about the fact of your kids and you think, I want my kids to know who I am. Yes. And to know that I'm not perfect. Because I don't want them to have that pressure of thinking they have to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, we hear about that all the time about people not feeling like they measure up. Mm-hmm. And my the, question yeah, is always, my always question is always, who are you measuring up to? Yeah. Is it is it a parental thing? Is it your peers? Or is it your own personal thing inside your brain going, you're not doing enough? You know, and you're like, who said that? You know? Yes, that. But it's, it, and it drives me too. Like it is the thing that wakes me up at 5 a.m. and I go, have I set the room up? Have I done the right thing? Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I have the equipment? Did I, did I charge this thing? Because I have the thing going on later today. Did I... Yeah, yeah. I can't stop it. It makes me crazy too. Yeah. But also sharing that with people, I think, will help people. I think that part and knowing about it and normalizing it will help create a conversation and build community, hopefully, that will help people go, Oh, so I'm not alone. Okay, cool. So, so what's some workarounds? Like you start looking at your own workarounds and you go, Am I doing the healthy thing? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But what if I share this with other people and they have a cool workaround that works better right. for me? Yeah. So sharing that, like you said in, in the podcast with Kelvin, if this reaches one person, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Yeah. I just want to help one person. If there's one dude out there
1: that's on the fence, that's like, I think or do that or do that. I'm all not, inclusive. Um, <laughs> that is thinking, you know, should I go get help? I, you know, I got these things going on in my head. Should I go get counseling? Should I take medication? should I do these things? If I can convince one person to just, make that leap because I know how much it benefited me. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like that's a win. Yeah. Check, check box. I've, I've done it. Yeah. So you're now what? 16 episodes. In? Something like that. Something
0: like that. 13,
1: yeah. 14, 15,
0: somewhere in there. Yeah. I listened to all of them except for the, the Atlanta Braves one.
1: Yeah. That one, that was a uh, off the cuff. So that was uh, a buddy of mine. He's a big, big Braves fan, big baseball fan. He, he likes baseball in general. And I, I, when I started part-time struggle, I wanted it to be 99% about, mental health and Men, mm-hmm. mental mental health bringing awareness to that but there's other, other stuff i like too just like you know you have your podcast about shows you watched uh things you've heard throughout the week i wanted to have a piece where i could I, i'm really big into sports so when they, they make me angry which they typically do i can have an outlet to to express my anger to to say yeah you should have done this and that manager what are you doing all the coach, be, be a monday morning quarterback sure um, it, it looks so, a lot better from your living room Yes, yes. It's much easier <laughs> to manage from a living room. Um, so I wanted to have an outlet for that. So I'll probably do a little more Braves podcast. I'll, I'll rein that in a little bit more. We did one. I kind of saw how it went. And there's some adjustments I want to make for the next one. Um, then I, there'll be, I'll probably do some. I like the South Carolina Gamecocks. I like the Atlanta Falcons. I'll probably do some of them too, where I just crap all over them because they've been terribly bad for so long. Yeah. They, they deserve to get crapped on. So, but part-time struggle is really mainly about men's mental health issue. And what I do is I put myself, I, I do some research to find out about these things. And, and then I put my stories with it. Uh, mm-hmm. For instance, a, a podcast, I'm going to be releasing here within the next week or two, depends on how lazy I am this weekend. Um, is going to talk about the years of 20, 2015, 2016. And that was a very traumatic two years of my life because a lot of stuff I went through then, um, <clears throat> with my father, um, there's there, there's there's substance abuse there. There's addiction there. There's there's uh, toxic relationships there. There's emotional disconnection there. Um, grief, forgiveness. There's a lot going on in that two year span. And I want people. Other. I know there's other people out there that's going through similar stuff with family members, and I want to let them know they're not alone. And here's how I handled it. Was it right? I don't know. Here's how I handled it. I'll let you be the judge on if I did it right. If I did it wrong. Um, but now that I'm on the other side of this I can talk about it more and, and tell you how I was feeling at that time how i how i made those deci- decisions decisions um, why i made those decisions and and where I'm at with it now mm-hmm. and I, I think it could be beneficial for for people that might be going through similar stuff
0: yeah yeah I think the biggest thing that we can do as people for each other is to share our experiences in a i mean and this is just a they call it a fly on the wall type platform where people are watching or listening and they go, I feel like I was right there with you guys. The fly on the wall platform of of a conversation is helpful because then you go, okay, well, I kind of feel the same way. Like there's elements of this that fits my life and there's elements of this that, that I relate to. And, you know, at my job, I am working with people new all the time. I'm a trainer at work. And so I'm constantly talking to people and I'm realizing that we have a lot more in common than we realize, even though most of us are strangers. Mm -hmm. We have a commonality with family or with religion or with work ethic or Mm -hmm. with work history or something like that. There's always something in our background that has something going on. Um, And I think that just normalizing the conversation is the first step. Like admitting that you deal with anxiety or depression or anything like that is important because it does have that, that stigma in the past of being a weakness. And now it's, it is anything but a weakness. It's a commonality. We all share it. Yeah. Um, whether we want to realize it or not, um, all of us deal with childhood crap. All of us deal with uh, feeling like we're inadequate. We all have have issues with uh, self-esteem. And it's, it's something that um, I heard somebody say one time, uh, their process, I think it was Ric Flair. He said his process was When he grabbed the microphone, he was going to fake it till he made it. Mm -hmm. He said, "If I could be loud, then you couldn't listen to me whisper." So he would grab the microphone and he he would he would boisterously, "This weekend, you guys, I'm going to bring it home." He's like, and I was, I was, I was. He said, "I felt like I was running. I was running from who I was Mm -hmm. to be somebody else. And if I could, if I could do that." then I seemed bigger, I seemed stronger, I felt it, and I tricked myself into being a superstar. Mm-hmm. He said, I wasn't a superstar, but I tricked myself into it. That's a good point. And I thought, God, that relates to so many things in life yeah. and so many people that I know. And you know, I've heard musicians uh, talk about the fact that when they grabbed the microphone, that it was their moment to actually say something where in their their entire lives, they never felt heard. Yeah. Um, actors who get to portray other people uh, are usually the most socially awkward people you ever meet in person. But like my son, my youngest son, Jacob, uh, was an actor in, in high school, really good actor. And he was very uncomfortable having conversations with people one on one, even me. Yeah. And I said, I'm your dad. Like I'd love you unconditionally. But why do you have such a difficult time even talking to me? And he goes, Well, when I'm on stage, I know what that guy's supposed to say, what he's supposed to feel. I know where he's supposed to stand, what he's supposed to do with his hands. Mm -hmm. When I'm here, I don't know any of those answers. Oh, man, that's deep. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, but also as a father, I I was like, oh, crap, I failed. Oh. Yeah, it is. It is a kick in the nuts big time. Because everything that your children parrot to you about their own insufficiencies, you go, why didn't I do that part? Or why didn't I see that? Why didn't I catch it? Why didn't I recognize it? Why didn't I nurture this thing? Um, my oldest one time, you know, he came back from school and they had to write a thing about who they were. That was like a writing experiment in school. And this is something that that I've noticed that all education stuff does in each, like even in college when I did, had like public speaking classes. They want you to write or talk about you first because you can talk about you the most. Yeah. It's the subject you know the best. It's the subject you're most comfortable with. Sure. Tell your story. So he comes home and he reads me this thing. And he and it basically says, you know, his name. I'm good at sports. Uh, my brother's the cute one. And I'm just the one that's good at sports. Mm-hmm. Man. And I was like, that's oh crap. <laughs> right. Like, and then it suddenly dawned on me, we us going into public and 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 people, you know, talking about how cute the little one is. Mm-hmm and them glazing over my oldest and and me missing it all those times. Suddenly it was like a million lifetimes of regret just suddenly hit me going, hey, dude, why didn't you once in a while? And I was like, (sighs) I mean, so all of that has to do with this. Even though most people can get to some moniker of feeling like they've done okay, in the back of their mind they're mm-hmm. always going i didn't do enough i didn't do enough and and i think i told you on, on the,
1: we had a phone call a week or so ago just kind of introduce ourselves to each other and i told you you have a great story about being a single dad yeah and i know there are other single dads out there that are wondering the same thing am i doing enough am i doing it right um, what could I do better? Um, am I failing my kids? And they're just, they think they're alone, but they're not alone. And I will, I would like for you at some point to come share your story on, sure. on my podcast. Sure. And, and cause I know, and matter of fact, I work with, with two guys that that ended up being single dads. One guy's raising two daughters on his own. Uh, one guy raised a, a daughter and a son on his own. And, and I, I know they have those questions like, am I doing enough? And, am I good enough for them? It, you know, so I, I want I want
0: you to share your story. You got a great story. Well, and being a parent is a two person job. I mean, um, when I I was married before, got divorced, and when I got divorced, I took that as a challenge of going, how do I better myself? Because I guess being in the Marine Corps, they teach you know yourself and seek self improvement. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the leadership traits. Yeah. What are you bad at? Make that a strength. So I thought, okay, well, I failed at this. Let me let me see what I can do better. So I started reading all these existential books about. You know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Right. Uh, you know, the 10 steps to an affair-proof marriage, um, how to win friends and influence people. Um, there was one about uh, the Celestine prophecy or uh, Dan Millman's Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Um, all these books that were, that were very helpful uh, because they all had little lessons in them that helped me. And, you know, in there, you get nuggets of, this is the thing you got to focus on and forget about all the rest well one of them talked about how when you have kids that if you have two parents and one kid you over parent because yes. you're they call it helicopter parenting mm-hmm. because all you're doing is obsessing about the one kid yep. if you have two parents and two kids you're more like in the basketball terms of man-on-man defense mm-hmm. you can kind of focus on each one and you can spend time with each one and you can have them together and it's fine once you get three, you're in zone defense and you're screwed. <laughs> so, so a great point. So you're you're outnumbered, and right mm-hmm. away they're outthinking you. And I don't know how families do it when they have multiple kids. Um, I know a lot of people who do it successfully. I don't know how they do it. It has got to be just the most draining thing in life, uh, because I don't know how you function at work and then function for home adequately enough. And I don't know that you can. Um, I think that. Uh, any of the people that I see on Facebook that that go on there and go, I'm the best mom. Yeah, I do. I'm like, you're a liar. (laughs) Just Just, the fact that you put this on Facebook, social media, you're trying to overcome your own thoughts of I am really screwing up. Let me tell the world I'm great. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't trust you. Like any of any of the people that get on there and just over um, beautify their situation. My first instinct is going, you're lying. Yeah. So, I never really got into social media until recently
1: when I started part-time struggle, um, and that, a lot of it was because of that because I felt it was fake. So yeah. I'm trying to reverse that. I'm trying to show the ugly side of my life as opposed to the maybe fake pretty side of my life. I'm trying to show you all the 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 negative stuff that's happened to me. I'm trying to like it's almost like we're going from so social media was. 80s hairband, everything was glam and rock and 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 lights and sound. And, and then we're going in. I'm, I'm trying to take it to the 90s grunge phase where, you know, let's let's um let's have some nirvana. Let's talk about let's talk about some 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 stuff that we might want to talk about.
0: Well, and also like I have a theory on that. Um, I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago. The 90s introduced us to AIDS mm-hmm. and with the AIDS epidemic, suddenly it was conversations of you know, oh, if you had sex with this person, you've also had sex with everyone they've ever had sex with. Yeah. And you could have a communicable disease that comes with this and your dick's <laughs> gonna fall off and you're gonna die. <laughs> all because you decided that your lust was gonna take over your heart. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Holy crap, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I mean, we just got out of Molly Cruz. Girls, girls, right. girls, right? Yeah. And I was like, But the but I like the party video better. This, yeah, yeah. This video sucks. Where's
1: the girl on the on the
0: the top of the T Bird, all that. I thought all I had to do was get a get a cool Trans Am, and the next thing you know, Katanya Katane would be dancing on my, yeah. my car, and I'd be like, I'm in, baby. Turns out that did not happen. None of that happened. No. Uh, instead, we got some really angsty, grungy music that was about how frustrated we all were and how things weren't turning out the way we planned, and and suddenly we're making movies and videos of, you know, our parents letting us down of what we thought the American mm-hmm. dream was, and. How somehow some kids seem to have it all figured out as prodigies and we're like, I don't know, should I latch on to this? Is this real? I'm not that kid. right? He seems to be having a great time. Ferris Bueller's having a great day. Oh, he, he was the best. Man, if I could just find Cameron in that Ferrari, that'd be the bomb. Um, but, you know, in a lot of ways, those were lessons for us. Those became sort of the the blueprint of, hey, life isn't always pretty. And there's a lot of nastiness. Yes. And it's okay. Like, that's the big thing I got taken away from it is it's okay. Cause we're all going through it. Um, through all of that, it sort of helped me when I started this podcast because I thought I am sharing my story and I'm relating it to things that I see on TV or things that are, that are you know, in, in popular culture or whatever. And I want to find some streamlined message of tying those into what we do every day and what we experience and somehow helping people, navigate this thing called life mm-hmm. in some sort of positive light um my buddy greg he's probably one of my bigger supporters he he told me he said you know the thing i got away from your podcast the most is that you're on you're you're extremely positive in an area where you, you don't really have a reason to be because i know your past because you got no reason to be as positive as you are yeah he said but you relentlessly look at the positive and i was like well that's kind of the point right is you have to yeah like he, it's
1: either you 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 fall into that trap or yeah. you, you, you get out of it. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do too. I'm trying to
0: stay above it, get out of that. Well, and also it's the reality that anybody can do this. It's not a special thing. No. Like literally anybody yeah. can do this.
1: Yeah. And, and <clears throat> excuse me. when it comes to, to mental health stuff, you start to see more and more athletes come out and talk about it. Um, you name it they, you know, they're just athletes and, and that's great. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, but, I don't know how that's going to connect with a, a a 40 year old dude. Who's working 40 hours a week. He's raising a family. Like they're not going to connect with an athlete. They might connect with me more because I'm the same guy. I'm an average Joe living in small town, USA, raising a family, got a job. So I, I'm thinking they might be more inclined to listen to me as
0: opposed to right. Dak Prescott or, or whoever else is talking about, um, Mental health awareness. But also whoever gets their attention and helps them realize that it's okay to talk to somebody professionally. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Whatever whatever
1: it is, whatever it takes to get there.
0: Um, yeah. If it's if it's Dak
1: Prescott or if it's little old me, whatever it takes to
0: get there. I just listened to a podcast. Um, there's a comedian, Dan Cummins, runs one called Time Suck. Oh, yeah. See, he,
1: that's one of the podcasts I have actually listened to in my
0: life. He is fantastic. Yeah, he's good. He just did one on something. Uh, uh, I don't remember the name of the, the killer guy, but it was like a, the Amish killer. Mm-hmm. And this guy basically was just coming to a struggle with whether he wanted to be Amish or not. And he was so terrified of losing his community that he went along with what the Amish were telling him to do, even though he had sort of a curious mind and wanted to do more in the secular world with engineering and building motors and repairing motors and stuff like that. They were like, you can't do this. It's against our religion. Mm-hmm. And they sort of forced his hand to get married. And meanwhile, he had a schizophrenic break. And at a certain point he, he murdered his wife in a very violent way. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Dan does a great job of telling you these tragic stories, but also finding a funny way to put a twist on it. Oh, yeah. He he does <laughs> he does great with voices and, <laughs> and he develops a little bit of characters in there. He does good. He comes up with fake commercials mm-hmm. and, and it's just it's so it's so funny the way he does it. And it's also a coping mechanism. And it's a coping mechanism. We all sort of do in a way. I I I guess some people do. I, I hope a lot of people do mm-hmm. it. Um, but he finds a way to find the humor in the thing and go. Yeah. This has happened. We can't change it. So let's figure out a way to laugh about it. And that's, to me, that's where I gravitate towards comedians mm-hmm. in, in today's time of, you know, anytime something happens, number one, I don't trust the media. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people realize that the media is just trying to sell, sell the fact that they or, have a job. Or have they have an agenda. They're pushing
1: you toward Even though you don't think they're pushing you toward it, they're pushing you toward it. Right because you get you get more
0: clicks on people that are outraged than you do when they like you the outrage machine yes yeah but a lot of us me included uh when something tragic happens i don't want to know their opinion i want to know what comedians think mm-hmm. because they're going to find a twist a way to look at it because they're having honest conversations with each other unhinged like there's no politics no, no politics involved it's have we thought about this? And sometimes it's the crazy thing that no one said. Yeah. And then suddenly it becomes the real thing. And you go, wait, that was just a joke. This is real. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and I guess through that, you know, I've, I've sort of tried to adapt that as well in my life. Um, I heard a comedian one time, uh, David Naster, he wrote a book. Uh, uh, you just have to laugh. I saw him on a cruise ship and he was like, he was phenomenal but uh I bought this book and I started reading it and one of the stories was about uh, a policeman that was a friend of his who you know got called on a scene for the first thing and 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 you know he's reading off his normal police stuff of this happened and this happened and this happened and then he's uh DTR and he's like what is DTR he goes dead right there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he's like he said, I don't know why, but that struck me as so hilarious that they had an acronym for it because it was all the things that they were describing. He is and then he's DTR. He's like, yeah. Oh. But, you know, he's like, here's the thing is like, sometimes the most horrific stuff that happens, you got to find the humor in it. And I think the humor is the thing that's kept me afloat this far. I think if, yeah. it, if it wasn't for the fact of finding some of the dark stuff funny, then it would just be too encompassing. Yeah.
1: There, there are stories I've told co- coworkers or friends about my upbringing that I'm telling like Hey, this thing happened to me. It's funny, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about that." Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at it as, "No, no, no, it was funny. It was, believe me, it was funny." Now, now, maybe, maybe not back then, but now it's, it's hilarious.
0: And they're thinking, "Oh God, what's wrong with this guy?" Yeah. Well, and you also find ways of, you know, navigating life whenever I guess uh, I call them normies. When the normies look like they're distressed, and you're going, "No, oh, this is this is fine. Mm-hmm. This is normal. I'm I'm okay here." Yeah. Right. When, when things get a little chaotic, you're like, I know how to navigate this because I've done this before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, what is it? ER nurses are the ones that also find the darkest stuff funny. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet they got the best story. You need to bring ER nurses on here. We, I bet they got the best story. We had a Christmas party here for my wife's uh, impromptu work Christmas party. And one of the wives was an ER nurse and she, we had a few drinks and she goes, I got this joke. And he goes, you can't tell that joke. And she goes, I want to tell the joke. And he goes, You can't tell that joke. And I was like, come over here, please, please tell the joke. She told me the joke. And I about died laughing. And I was like, that's a good joke. He goes, you told the joke. He made her leave. He was like, we got to go home.
1: <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. She seems to come back yeah, and do the You podcast. go home. She stays.
0: <laughs> but I get it. It's the work thing. He was worried that people at work might you know, think weirdly of the situation, but I was like, no, 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 this is funny. This yeah. is, it's, nothing's intentionally harmful. Like it's just a funny joke. Yeah. I think Robin Williams was really good at it. Like he, he
1: would tell you, you know, I'm so sad on the inside that I'm going to try to make you laugh. So you don't feel like me on the inside. So he was really good about that. I I appreciate about appreciate that
0: about him. Yeah. Well, and a lot of them have gotten that way now. I mean, especially with the advent of podcasts. I mean, a lot of comedians have their own podcast now Mm -hmm. and they're openly just talking about what's going on in their life. And like, yeah, I wrote that after my dad died and you're like, what? And then then he's like, yeah, this is, you know, I got this opportunity, this happened, you know, and he did this thing and, and I found the joke in this. Yeah. And it's like, this is my coping mechanism. This is what I've learned. Yeah. And, um, part of the, I was telling you that
1: the, the, 2015 2016 era of my life it goes back a little bit further um and part of that i you know there, there's a, a, a funny part in that my mom was she had an opioid addiction and she was going in and out of rehab and this was right around the time, same time that that amy winehouse song was popular and i remember i would go over to my parents house and my dad would be singing that song like with a smile on his face like this is how i'm coping with this so yeah yeah, yeah.
2: wow goodness
0: yeah it's amazing. I, um, I've tried to learn something recently. Um, and I had a conversation with, a uh, a coworker about it. I said, I've realized that there's moments that in my life where I don't allow silence. And he was like, what do you mean? I go, I don't know. I go, there's, there's moments where I'm constantly filling it with distractions mm-hmm. and I think it's genetic. Like I watched my mom push herself to take on more and more tasks, uh, in the later years of her life. Um, when everything about her physical health and her age is telling her it's time to retire. She's also hitting buckets of things that were, I'll never reach this goal. And now she's hitting all those goals. Yeah. Career wise. She's like, I can't not do this. Mm -hmm. And she's like, plus if I'm not doing this, what am I going to do? Right. Um, my dad has retired and, my dad is probably busier now than he's ever been because he's like, now I don't have to rush to do the thing I need to do or want to do because I don't have to go to work. Right. He's not but on he's, schedule. Being on a schedule sucks. But he also, in a weird way, and, and he probably won't say this out loud and I'm probably speaking for him on this, but in a weird way, he doesn't want to finish all the projects because I think it's a fight for mortality. Mm-hmm. I think if he thinks, I think he thinks that if he finishes a project, Or all of the projects, Mm -hmm. then what? Right. So he keeps constantly adding new things to do and new, and and listen, there's nothing wrong with it. That's a coping mechanism that works for him, and I'm I'm proud of him for it. Uh, Sure. But it it is it's sort of the blueprint of going. Okay, so this is where your your brain is wired. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Buckle up, it's going to be a rough ride. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm like, but I, I told my my coworker, I said I. I don't allow enough quiet moments to just do nothing. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "You know what I've started to do?" I was like, "What?" He goes, "I cut the grass without the headphones anymore." And I was like, "What?" He goes, "All I can listen to is lawnmower go." He goes, "That is my one time that I can shut my stupid brain off." And I was like, "That's fascinating. That's a good idea. I think I'm gonna start doing that." Yeah. He's like, "He said I used to listen to podcasts. I used to listen to music." He goes, "Now." he said i save it for sunday because i know i got to go to work monday and if i don't have a physical task to do i drive myself crazy sunday night trying to go to sleep yeah he said but that little reset on sunday of getting on the lawnmower and just hearing that he goes that just it's like a reset it's like a reset yeah that's that's a great way to look at it that's fascinating so i'm about to try that i think there's little tricks everywhere and i think you know talking about it and sharing it is one of those things that helps people
1: yeah and that's then
0: that's Part
1: of part-time struggle. What I'm trying to do is, I'll, I at the end of every episode, I'll say, "Hey, if you got a story, if you got things that you're doing to help you with your mental health issues, share it with me." And you don't have to come on a podcast because I know that can that can be kind of intimidating. It's not for everybody. Um, reach out to me, and we'll do a Q and i I'll send you some questions, email, and you send in what you have, and I'll read it on a podcast or I'll put it as a blog. Um, just share your story because I know the other people out there are going through stuff, and they have things that they're doing to cope. And and what their their stories and their coping mechanisms may not have been obvious to other people. And other people go, oh, well maybe I need to drive around on the lawnmower with my headphones off. Maybe that'll reset my brain. And boom, a you know, we got we got a new thing we can do. So right. right. So yeah. It's all and so, it goes back to what you said. We all we we're 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 we think we're strangers, but we're not. Right. We all have so, so much in common.
0: Right. Well, and, it, you know, it's it's all. it seems like it's it's too much at times uh, for so many reasons. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. I think the biggest thing is that we think we have to face it alone, mm-hmm. and we don't. We don't. No. Um, I hear too many times that people go, I just got this going on. I got this going on. I got that going on. I got this going on. Do you have any help? What? Do you have anybody helping you? Like if you don't have anybody helping you, it is a lot. Yeah. But if you got somebody to help you with the load, it's easier. Yeah. You know, we, we hear it all the time, uh, better together. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you got help, you it's you can accomplish anything. Yeah.
1: And it's and it's not necessarily about task. It's just about, I got this on my brain. Mm-hmm. I want to share it with you. So I'm not carrying all that weight. Um, now you're yeah, yeah, it may not affect you as much as it affected me, but I have shared that with you now that I, I know that. I don't have to carry it all. You have it too. And that's where going talking to a a professional helps or talking to your best friend. You don't necessarily have to go to professional, but don't keep it all in. If you got stuff that's on your brain that's bothering you, that's weighing you down, share it, talk about it. Don't keep it all in. It's just that'll just
0: that'll 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 end up driving you to a place you don't want to go. And if you're not getting the proper help, then seek other places. There's places online, there's other people out there that are willing to talk to you. Reach out to somebody. I yeah. mean, everybody's willing to talk to you. Um, you just got to find your person, your your link, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I got lucky years ago and and met some incredible friends by some really weird circumstances, and we're still friends now that we're old.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. My wife's like, "Do you know how rare it is that you guys are still friends?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we get it. It's it's really strange for us too." Um, yeah. Well, if if you're
1: and I don't want to use this term as a negative term, but if you're broken, you can identify other broken people. And you, are about, yeah. you all, almost have that instant connection with them. Like you go, it takes one to know one. Like I look at you, I go, you're broken. I get it. Hey, yeah. I, I get it, bro.
0: Well, I mean, there's a there's a Jake Gyllenhaal movie um, that came on Netflix. And, and I made a comment that it was made for COVID mm-hmm. because there's only two people that you see in the movie. So they obviously they were in the bubble and they, yeah the, sure. But the way they did it, he's a nine one one operator, but he's supposed to have been a cop. And right now he's on suspension because they're investigating something that he did wrong. And this whole thing goes through where he, you know, unveils the the truth of what happened at the end. And he helps somebody eventually. And his boss comes in and she tells him, and he's like, he's like, I I've I'm I just I'm broken. I'm, yeah, I'm broken. And she goes, sometimes the broken people are the only ones that can help broken people. Yeah. And I was like that's the tagline for the whole movie. That was it. You just said the thing. Yeah. That was, that's the, that's how they sold the movie. Yeah. And I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. And I, I've, you know,
1: looking back, I realize all of my friends have a bit of a broken past or they're, they're really a, a little bit broken and I meet new individuals as I've gotten older and, you know, coworkers, whatever. And I have so much in common with them and they're good people, but, I just don't have that connection with them because they're not broken. And, right. I, and I can pick it up almost immediately.
0: Yeah. Well, or or they're good at hiding it. They're, you got to be pretty damn good to get it past me. They're, they're good at hiding it. Um, <sighs> So I have a theory also that that's why Marvel movies are super popular mm-hmm. or that Star
1: Wars is super popular. I, I need to tell you something, Josh, and I hope it doesn't ruin our friendship that we just started <laughs> today. Um I have never seen a Star Wars movie. It's okay. It's okay. We'll lure you in slowly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. I, I'm just glad you're not staring at me. Usually, when I tell people that, I get a lot of disappointing stares. Uh, no, why? I mean, I've you met know. Amish
0: people before. It's fine. It's <laughs> very well played, sir. Well no, played. I had a conversation with somebody one time, uh, and she says, "Yeah, I don't watch the. I don't watch any of the make ups." And I was like. The what? She goes, you know, the make them with the laser things and the, in <laughs> the people under the ground. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's a healthy way to look at it. And she goes, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't watch any of that. And I was like, oh. And the thing with Star
1: Wars is, is I know because I grew up in that era. I know what happens. Like, I don't yeah. have to watch. I know exactly the storyline. I know sure. exactly what happens. I do want to watch. It's not that I'm like anti-Star Wars. I'm never going to watch this. Uh, but a movie that really grabbed me early on in life and introduced me to the sci-fi that I like was Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Love the, love the trilogy. Even though the third one wasn't the best, I love that, that go back in time. Kind change of, something. Change something. Yeah. It's like butterfly effect of yeah. if I do this one thing, does it change the thing in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So that type of sci-fi really grabbed me where it had a little bit of realness
0: and a little bit of sci-fi Whereas Star Wars to me is all sci-fi. I think I just realized why. Why is that? Because I have a fascination for that stuff, too. I think I just realized why because it has rules. What has rules? Time travel time travel Oh, yeah, it has rules. Anything with time travel or science fiction, there is rules. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. the fascination with those things is the fact that you're given parameters, and I think that holy crap, did I just come across something Yes. this this has to do with yes this has to do with people who I feel like I did something, grew today. up in unruly environments
2: mm-hmm. where, uh, well, where
0: chaos happened. yeah. And the fact that these movies and these shows have parameters and boundaries and lines you cannot cross mm-hmm. is the absolute thing that people are looking for. Holy crap. All right. I'll charge you $30 for this session. <laughs> right now, if Kelvin listens to this, he goes, dude, we just came up with something. I can't believe you just thought of that. That's a good one. That's a good one, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Wow. My mind's just blue. Good. Well, because the crazy part is I just watched this thing on Netflix, the, the Russian doll with um Natasha Leon. Okay, I started
1: watching that. I didn't finish it. Um it's <laughs> not that I didn't like it. I think I just ran out of didn't have the time. It is so
0: chaotic that the, it breaks its own rules at, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I and and anytime a movie or a show does that, my my brain just goes, I can't handle this. This is too much. But then they but then they bring it around and then they explain the rule back. And I go,
2: oh, holy crap.
0: Like it, <laughs> it's, it's defining the rule. right? It, that's the thing that we, that's the thing we like the most. Holy crap. I never thought of that. Dang. You helped me come across an epiphany. Hey, hey whatever I can do. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm a little smarter now. I feel like I've grown a little bit as a human. All now. right. Man, th- today has been a good day. I think I'm going to go back and watch cartoons like, uh, I don't know, Pinocchio may look different now. Good. It, it very well could. There was rules to that, too. Yeah, they're, they're, he yeah. broke those rules. Yeah. <laughs> th- th- yeah you're, you're exactly right. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> rules and consequences. Wow. Holy crap. Okay. So gotcha. if you're a big fan of uh, the make-em-ups, uh, apparently rules and consequences <laughs> wasn't real big in your household growing up. Or the, the lines were grayed a lot as you were a kid. That that very well could be the case. Um, looking, thinking back on friends that I, that really are into Star Wars. Yeah. They or, were, or you yeah. grew up in a household with a parent who was in that situation, um, who set rules and boundaries because of their upbringing. I think that was, I think that may have been my kid's situation. Um, because I set rules, I was, I was staunch on. This is I'm going to teach you. I used to say this. I'm going to teach you the black and white, and life is going to teach you the gray parts.
1: Oh, that's really good, Josh. But I'm going to teach you. The, I'm going
0: to teach you exactly what you're supposed to know, and I'll make jokes in between. And, and I'll make it fun, but I'm going to teach you exactly what you need. And just, I do that at work too. I don't say that, but I do that at work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to know. I'll, I'll make it fun. I'll tell you jokes. Me- all your memories are tied into emotion. Sure, That's why women rem- remember conversations whereas guys are like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that, yeah. You don't remember the dress I wore on the thing? I was no. Oh. Mm-hmm. But we remember when we've been angry, mm-hmm. upset, mm-hmm. Uh, happy, all that stuff. Our emotions tie back to memory. So, if i can teach a lesson and somehow make it humorous or whatever you're going to remember it more yeah so i try to do that at work in the meanwhile i go i know you're going to learn your own way when you're on your own but right now this is what you need to know yeah and and kids they won't tell you this but kids like structure they like rules sure. they like
1: they like um they like boring they they like mundane routine task. And if you if you don't have that in a in a household, things can get out of whack pretty quick. Yeah. Kids kids want that structure. Yeah.
0: They won't tell you that, but they, they do. They do. They like to know that, all right, at this time we eat 8 30 is bedtime. At this time yep. we go to bed. On this day we watch the show together. On this day we, we go to the park. On the, you know, whatever. You mm-hmm. have your, your little routine. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's one of the reasons that I mean Aside from all the other benefits of sports, I think that's one of the reasons that 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 kids like to get involved in sports is there's rules and there's boundaries and there's mm-hmm. you got to be on here in this day and you got to practice and you got to get ready if you're going to win and you have, teamwork, you have competition, that you have teamwork, you have all the 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 friend building things that come along with it. Um, plus, you also get to find your pecking order. Like there's a weird animalistic thing in all of us where when we're kids we have to, like you said in the in the the midlife crisis one, you said. Um, I've gotten to a certain age where I don't compete anymore. Yeah, I, I try to connect. Connect. Yes. That when you said that, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I come, I work with people who are um, at different age groups, and my younger people are in that competitive state. Competitive state. I am like, I want to be the best. I want to do this. I want to be I set the world CEO on fire. of this company. I'm gonna run things. I'm yes. gonna and I, and and the older guys are are more of when we see each other, we stop what we're doing, we come over, we talk to each other mm-hmm. and we're like, hey. Good to see you. How you doing? How are the kids? Right, because we're connecting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It is that connection, and I and and I'd never heard that said out loud, and that was that was perfect. I was like, that's yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, listen, if you're out there and you're uh, curious about Matthew and you want to hear more of this, check out Part Time Struggle. It's everywhere you can find podcasts. Um, you'll see it. It's got a cool logo with a white background, and a couple lines. <laughs> um, I, I know. I when I started this thing out, I was like, I sat on the couch with my wife, going, I got to come up with a name. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what the heck am I going to name it? Right. And then, then you got to come up with a logo and you're like, a logo too? Yeah. Oh, crap. A,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't realize that at the time. Um, yeah. Coming up with a name was hard. I, w- I went through a few. And then I was listening to the radio one day and, and our local DJ, Dan, part time, party time man, Lockamy was on the radio. You ever, you, you ever heard of Dan Lockamy? He's been doing radio
0: since I was a kid. Yeah. yeah.
1: So when he said the word part time, I was thinking, you know, you know, my, my mental health struggles are, they're not full time. They're, they're kind of part time. So I used that part time, and then the struggle of that. So that's how I came up with my, the name of my podcast. It it just kind of came to me. I, I had I had a notebook where I was for weeks writing down names I didn't care
0: for, and then all, all of a sudden in the car one day, boom, there it is. Yeah. So my brother wanted to have one, and uh, he was him and his wife were going to do one together. <clears throat> and he and I was like, "What do you want it to be about?" And he was telling me about stuff, you know, basically trying to raise the kids mm-hmm. and you know being parents and being teachers and coaches and stuff like that. And and uh, we ballparked a bunch of ideas around and I kicked one to him and he was like, Oh, that's perfect. And then he wrote me back and goes, dang it. Somebody already has yeah, that one. <laughs> there's that too. You you, you come up with a perfect name, you Google it you go, Oh man. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Like that's the thing is it's okay to have a similar name. Um, make it your own. Like, so that was a struggle a lot of times when you're kids is you'd hear, music or you'd see movies and you go, how can they make another one? Like, I feel like they come up with every idea and then a better one comes out. And you're Right. Like, how did they come up with that one? Right. And it's sometimes things have the same name. Yeah. Like, you know, there's TV shows now that just happen to have the similar name of something else. Mm-hmm. That's because they've used a lot of names. And after a while, it just gets repetitive. Make it your own. That's the whole thing is yeah. put your stamp on it. Um, If you want to have it with the thing and, and at the end of it, say with so-and-so or whatever, have your name somehow into it. Do that. I don't care. But the main thing I want to tell everybody is like, if you want to start something, don't hesitate to learn. Right now you have no excuse not to learn. The YouTube is there for you to learn everything. And if you're not, if you don't have it from that, ask your friends, ask your family, ask online. Yeah. There are other creators out there that will openly share how they figured things out. Um, You know, I've contacted several people that host podcasts for other people Mm -hmm. and I've asked some questions. I'm like, hey, I do a podcast. I'm in this many episodes in. I have a question about this piece of equipment. You know, how did how did you figure, you know, how did you use this piece of equipment yeah. or this other thing? And every once in a while, they will answer you back and oh, say, and, oh, well, this is what I used. And, you know, if you do this this way, it'll, and I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Not only would they answer you back, they
1: love, right. They, they love answering that question and helping others. So, yeah. And I, like I said, I started at zero. Like I wasn't even a podcast listener. So I kind of went into a podcast thing with whatever was in my head of a podcast should be and um and i started googling asking friends same thing so if i can if i can do it anybody can do it yeah i'll put it that way um, yeah it's it,
0: it wasn't that hard um right and and you don't have to like people struggle with a, with a title or a name mm-hmm. you don't have to stick to the name as being the reference point of your entire podcast uh, a good example is uh bill burr is a famous comedian he's on television and movies now um he has a podcast called Monday morning podcast and he says, people get pissed off if he puts it out on Tuesday. What's (laughs) up, dude. You said it was Monday morning. It didn't come out till Tuesday. He goes, I don't care. Right. He goes, listen, this thing's free. You get what you get. Okay. And he does it for the most part by himself on a Monday morning. Cause that's as a comedian, that was like his only time that he wasn't busy. Mm -hmm. So he stuck to that mentality of just, I'm going to do this on my own. And I guess after a while it got really popular and people started writing in and he would answer questions and emails and stuff like that. And then guests started coming on and they're like, wait, you changed the thing. It was just you. And he goes, I can do whatever I want. It's mine. Yeah. And he's right. You you Mm -hmm. can do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, well, well, when you're a celebrity, you can, I don't know if if, if I can do whatever I want.
1: You can, but you got to, So can uh, to, to build what you, if you're trying to build something, you want to try to keep that name going. Maybe just to have that,
0: uh, um, in the beginning, the continuity in the beginning, in the beginning, yeah, okay. So Whitney Cummings has a podcast. It's called Good for You. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's been a guest on a lot of different podcasts before. She's super popular as a comedian and a writer and a and a director and a TV creator and a movie creator. And she had a podcast with Bert. And she says, "I'm thinking about doing this." And he goes, "Good. Don't tell anybody about it." <laughs> and and they're doing it on his podcast. Yeah, she's like, "What?" He goes, "Don't don't tell anybody about it." Don't even have guests. He says, "Do the first ten, just for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to release them. Just do them until you get comfortable. Yeah. Until you figure out what your voice is." And he goes, "And then after 100 episodes, your voice is going to change. It's going to be something different. And then after a good point. 200 yeah. episodes, it's mm-hmm. going to be different yep. again." He goes, "Allow it to change." Yeah. And I was like, "This great I, advice." I was like, "He's talking to me. I need to write <laughs> this down. This is good advice." Yeah, so That's great. That's the thing is we got to realize that we're getting information from everywhere. And there are nuggets of good stuff that come up from everybody. Mm-hmm. We just got to be willing to accept it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pick yeah. out the parts that, that that matter to you or tell yeah. you your story or help you navigate whatever it is in life and then go from there because those things are super valuable. It could be something stupid from a movie. It could be something, you know, that you hear on the radio, somebody making a joke and he goes, oh, he just spoke to me. Holy yeah. crap. That's exactly what I needed to hear. That's a whole podcast right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 So, right. I mean, and that was, that was sort of my thought on this. When I came up with stuff I heard, I was like, I hear stuff all the time. That's like really good nuggets of, of juiciness. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why not share that stuff? And sometimes it's just me on here talking about my crap. Yeah. And that's okay too. That, that is fine. Yeah. I get people that write in and go, dude, I needed to hear that. Yeah. He said, I'm struggling with this thing. And the fact that you related it to your life made me realize that it relates to my life. And you kind of gave me some ideas of ways I could cope with this. And I'm awesome. Like, Great. Um, I did a five-hour one one time with my friends and uh, got really drunk and ate a whole pizza and don't remember any of it. And uh, I get people to write me all the time and go, I listen to all five hours. I leave it on all the time because it's like hanging out with my friends. And I'm like, really? It blows me away. I have no idea. To this day, I still haven't gone back and and listened to it again. But I'm looking at the numbers on it. I'm like, hundreds of people have listened to this. And it's it's just, I don't know what we did. Right. I don't know what we did. I don't know what we did. I remember it was on Zoom. And people would log in Mm -hmm. and they would log off to do stuff, and Mm -hmm. then would come back on later. We're still doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So, when
1: you do you do any editing, like after after this show, or you are you gonna edit anything, or you just gonna throw it up
0: there? Mostly, I just throw it up there. Okay. Um, I've gotten so the muscle of hit record talk Mm -hmm. has become more reflective of just let's do it. Yeah, it's instinct almost. Mm -hmm. Um, There are times when I get started especially at home. And if I'm making a YouTube video where I'll get my phone out, I hit record and I'll start to say something and my, and my brain is working faster than my mouth. Yeah. And I'll go today. Let's, let's do my... oh, crap. <laughs> and hit, right. hit stop, hit mm-hmm. record again. Okay. So I'm going to like, I have to kind of reset myself. Sure. Sort of like in the movies, when you see people do the little arm, they go and take two. Right. You know, um, sometimes you do that um, with the podcast. I've only had to edit a few. Uh, one was with Victor Webster. Uh, he's one of the uh, owners of Sweetgrass Vodka, mm-hmm. uh, local vodka made in Charleston area. Uh, I went to high school with him. Um, they came out with this vodka during the beginning of the, of the pandemic and realized this is a really wrong time to come out with a with a drink, mm-hmm. like a, with, a, with, a, with a spirit. So um, they had a lot of connections of people that worked in the healthcare industry and in first responders and stuff, and they didn't have any hand sanitizer. And he went... So we decided to change our entire production line over and just make hand sanitizer. And they gave it away for free for a year. Wow. I mean, they lost millions Incredible. of dollars. Yeah. Millions. Like they were totally invested in this spirits company. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they had to pivot, not because they were going to make money on it, mm-hmm. just because it was the right thing to do. And they a, had the resources yeah. to do it. They moved the needle forward on humanity. Right. Yeah. And so once the pandemic started lightning, they were like, okay, um, it's been a year and we're going to lose everything. and have to move into a cardboard box if we don't change this. Right. They pivoted and they started making vodka again and then he came on the podcast and talked about it and i said I, I don't think you understand your story is the thing that's going to get people to try it absolutely and once they try it they're going to yep. go this is a pretty good vodka yeah. it is a good vodka um they just won some kind of gold standard award recently in the in a, in a taste testing thing and i'm like good for you yeah, you people, guys are killing people it people like to feel good stories right? that's such a good one and they did it he did it uh, and he's
1: uh, unselfishly, not selfishly he's like, not a
0: giant company it's not absolute and it's not smirnoff and it's not these you know companies that are just in it for the profit. They're like, "Hey, like we live in the community. We're people of the community. We do stuff around here. We're local." And it's we, that, and it sounds like he didn't do it knowing that okay, on the other side of this, no. there will be profit. He just did it because it was like because so it, it was the, the right, right thing. thing to, yeah. They had the resources and they had the equipment to do it, and he was like, well, "What would it take to do this?" So they had to, you know, they had to, they had to spend a lot of money to do it. Yeah. But it was still the right thing to do. And awesome. so, you know, that's the kind of story I want to share. That's the kind of people I want to share. And we all know people like that. See, yeah. that's that's one of the weird things that I learned about the AIDS epidemic when that happened. Mm-hmm. When they talked about the fact that you have sex with this person, think about how many people <laughs> they've had sex with. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, then I realized at a certain point, that's kind of what Rogan does. When Rogan has a podcast on and he has a guest on or two guests, they all know people. It's mm-hmm. the same reason that TV shows are popular, the crime shows or the medical shows. Mm-hmm. Every episode has a new case, which means they have a new actor, which means they have new following. Right. Because they have friends and family who are going to watch the show to see me. Hey, I'm going to be on Chicago Med this weekend. You guys need to tune in. Right. Or I don't even know if it's a real show. But anyway, Yeah. they'll say it, people watch, and then they go, it was a pretty good show. I think I'll tune in next week. Right. So having guests on is sort of an interesting way of broadening your reach. Oh, no doubt. And yeah. you can grassroots that. People don't realize that, but you can grassroots that just like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I know a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people on this that want to know a bunch of people. Of course. If it's shared, then the goal of, I just want one person to
1: hear this. Yes. Spreads. Yeah. And I hope when that, one day that's going to happen. Yeah. One day I'm going to, I'm going to be rambling on about my mental health issues and somebody's going to hear it and they're going to go, you know what? I'm going to try it. And that's going to change their life. And when that happens, I want that person to contact me just so I'll know. Right. So, And tell them how they can contact you. Contact at parttimestruggle.com or I'm on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Uh, Part time struggle. I got my own website called parttimestruggle.com. dot um, That's where I, anytime I do a blog, I'll throw it up there. Um, when I do some research, but um, but mainly I'm on all the Spotify's and the Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'm still
0: very new to all this, right? But it's been a, it's been a fun journey so far. Well, here's the thing is, I think you got a good message. and I think you got a, a good testimony of uh, you're not talking about something you don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's real experience. It's mm-hmm. your experience. So right away, you've got your perspective and you're open and willing to share about it. Yeah. Which is helpful to a lot of people who feel like they're by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing that I hear a lot of times is people telling me their struggles and going, yeah, but I'm going through this and nobody understands. But yeah, they do. Yeah. There's a lot of people who oh, understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that can help you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> I was with a guy yesterday working and uh, we were on stop number two of 13 and he gets a text that his brother was in a really bad car accident. Oh, no. And we were getting ready to go to the next stop. And I went, hang on. I said, what, do you need to go? He said, what? I said, do you need to go to the hospital? He's like, I don't know. I said, how about this? How about I drive and, and you call the people that are important? we'll move on to the next stop and find out what's going on. And if you need, I'll get in touch with work and we will, absolutely find somebody to come get you and take you to the hospital right now so that you can take care of your brother. He's like, I can't do nothing. I'm not a doctor. And I was like, I know, but you could be there with your family.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And he was like, let me think about it. So we worked the next stop and I, you know, he didn't let me drive. He drove. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm I'm okay. And as we're working through the day, like I could tell, like, okay, he he's probably okay. So I kept checking in with him. I was like, yeah, are course. you sure you're okay to drive? He's like, yeah, yeah. And, it, and he, he turns to me and he goes, you know, thing is, sometimes karma's a bitch. And I was like,
2: hmm. hmm?
0: He goes, me and my brother are exactly in the, in the best relationship. Yeah. And he goes, sometimes things happen because they're supposed to happen. And I was like, holy crap. He right. You just, just ripped the top off of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <But> no doubt. <laughs> Please go into detail. I was like, so, is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. You know, and, and, his, and his mom pulled up you know, and talked to us mm-hmm. for a second. And she was like, yeah, he's got a head confusion and he's got some stuff going you know, But he, he, ultimately, he's okay. But he was like, you know, now that I know he's okay, like, I don't, I don't need to go see him right now. Mm-hmm. I can finish work. I was like, okay. Right. So, I mean, my thoughts were, what if he dies? You know? Of course. Yeah, yeah. And this big bear of a man... Am I going to have to grab him and hug him? So, because uh, I will.
1: <laughs> so, you you had one movie going on in your head of how this is going to happen, yeah. and he had a completely
0: different sure. movie going on, sure, in his head, yeah. But but it's like you know, how can I help you? Like right. that was my first. And I told him, I said, this job will still be here tomorrow. Like if you need to take care of family, family comes first, and we all know that. Yeah. I was like, if you have to do this, then by all means, we'll make sure that you get to the hospital. Yeah. I, I don't want you to not be there if you need to be there. And, and I was like, you know, just you just tell me what you want to do. I mean, I'm. I'll help, and he's like, "Okay." And, and was, was that your coworker, or yeah. like, are you a supervisor over him? I'm. I'm a trainer. Okay. So, um, but I was like, you know, I'm. I didn't. I didn't know if he was thinking, I don't want to go because I don't want to mess up my job, right? You know, but like, we got through the day pretty quickly. I we got faster. Yeah. He and I both got faster. We we blew through the day. Um, and we got back. You know, he was like, "I'm glad I didn't go to the hospital now." I was like, "You are." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "I got my money today, and uh, I can go see him now." Okay, like, okay. Good. but you gave him the option. The option right. was there. Right, because yeah. at any the, moment, I'm thinking, you put okay, the person so first. if he's driving and he's using his GPS and his thing comes up and it says, your brother died, he's going to go, oh my God, you know, right. and, I, and I could just picture us crashing into a burning fire, <laughs> Inferno, and and he, cause just because he's got emotional, you know, and I was thinking, please don't do that. you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but also, you know, I, 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 I personalized it and I thought, what if I got that text about my brother? Would I finish the day would i tear would i break away from work immediately and rush to go see him you know and and my brother doesn't live close he lives pretty far away mm-hmm. um it'd be very difficult i think um i don't know that i could have drove i think i would have to be calling people uh and i'd probably let somebody else drive but yeah i was thinking how can i how can i help what would, yeah what would i i tried to personalize it and of go of course what if, can i do to help you if i was in those shoes what would i do yeah or what would i what, what would i want someone else to do sure mm-hmm. But it was really interesting when he looked at me. and He goes, "You know, sometimes karma's a bitch." Damn. And well, I was what, like, "What a plot twist on the story!" Ooh, I want to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's not in a position to tell that story, but right. I mean, he and I talked a good bit, and and I could see him telling me that story in the future, and I'm really curious to what that story is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was something yeah, so. that, that, awesome. That sounds awesome. Real yeah. life, though. I mean, and, and it's it's moments like that that we come across once in a while, and you go, "These are some really juicy moments of." Stuff that and life doesn't come with a handbook. Okay,
1: when your brother gets in a car accident, go to page 25 and there's how to handle it. Right? You just freaking figure it out on your own. You have
0: a conflict with somebody, you know, right in your face. How do you handle it? Yeah, oh, that's
1: page 27 right right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, life doesn't come with a manual. You have to wing it and figure it out on your own. And sometimes you make good choices, sometimes you make bad choices. But if you make those bad choices, um, it's it's it will only behoove you if you. Look back on those bad choices to go okay what did i did wrong how, what did i do wrong how can i improve that the next time something like this comes up yeah i've been there many times
0: well and i liked your i liked your steps about um you know how to get out of your own way a lot of you know dealing with your your own mental illness situation of anxiety and depression and stuff and you know the exercise part of it i liked and not in the, the medication the counseling mm-hmm. the the journaling mm-hmm. um, these are all things that i've kind of heard also from other people um And it is true. Every one of those things is true. Uh, and sometimes the medicine changes. Sometimes it's not the right medicine. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you try one thing and you go, this isn't working and you, but you got to talk to somebody and get them to change it. And you got to be willing to talk about it with people, with professionals, um, and get them, you know, on the right medicine. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just have a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Sometimes things just aren't wired, right. We're just a big old bag of chemicals is all we are. Yep. Sometimes you're, uh, Sometimes you're Amish and you hear voices and you end up stomping your wife's face. Ah, Who among us has not done that? I mean, let's not judge. It is Saturday. I mean, it's (laughs) kind of early, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is important to get the right help. And, and, and that guy didn't obviously, I mean, he's yeah. Well, he's Amish, right? Um, It's a recent episode. If you guys want to listen to it, I don't even know the number of it, but it's, it's called the Amish killer. It's on Thomas Huck, Dan Cummings kills it. It's got a great Whipple ad in there. It's, like A made up drink that he talks about, mm-hmm. it's like an energy drink, you know. Whipple, I see. I didn't realize Dan, Dan did um <laughs> commercials.
1: I, I guess I didn't haven't listened to enough to, to, <laughs> to catch one of his commercials because one thing I was thinking about doing with part time struggle was you know, those um, those uh, uh, magazines we get in the mail here in Florence once a month, Savvy Mag, I think it's called, or something. Mm-hmm. You can flip through and you see all these local businesses. I was going to start creating commercials for these local businesses and just kind of develop characters based on what they look like. Just make fake ones? And I was like, if I do that, will they be pissed? No. If I do that, will they be... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Listen, advertising is advertising.
0: Also, uh, they're not paying you.
1: So. They're not. But at the same time, I don't want to come up with a character that, that maybe hits too close to
0: home. Maybe they're like, holy crap, he really I've made, nailed... I've made fake uh, advertisements on here for King Hefe Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I like eating there so I much. I like King Hefe too. So I, I made up these fake commercials and I would, yeah. I would read them in the beginning and stuff and uh, actually became friends with Kyle Hardy, one of the owners. Oh, nice. And uh, just, just because I, I kept talking about how much I really appreciate the fact that they're in Florence. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic taco. They may have a gun, mm-hmm. fun little, you know, funky vibe in the place and, you know, now they got the little sushi bar in the yep. back and and I've, and I've everything that you order looks better than the picture that you could imagine. Yeah. It all comes out looking beautiful. You're like, holy crap, this is amazing. I've never had a bad experience there. Yeah. Or Waffle House. I'll plug Waffle House, <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need it. But listen, Waffle House is my wife's and I's like ground zero. Oh, like, it is the best. We, anytime we're on vacation driving somewhere, if we see the yellow light on, we're like... You know, I could go for a pecan waffle. I don't know yeah, I could too. <laughs> yeah, Waffle House is very consistent. When we when we uh, had this house built, um, we uh, we took a, a week off of work to move in. We did it ourselves. Um, my mom had bought uh, one of those uh, Subway party sub things mm-hmm. platters, and we'd eat Subway too. We were sick of Subway. Yeah, uh, not to discredit Subway at all, but after several meals of it, you get a little sick of it. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, you know what? I could I could really go for some Waffle House. And I was like, let's go. Yes, please, God, let's go <laughs> it, to Waffle House. Yeah, that's our comfort food. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was a, I was a waffle guy. I would go to Waffle House and get a waffle, of course, because my, my daughter always picks on me. She's like, why aren't you getting a waffle? It's Waffle House. She should be getting a waffle. She always gets a waffle. But the new thing that I found there that I love is the um, bacon, egg, and cheese hash brown bowl. Mm. It's got everything I like in one. It's amazing. Mm. It is It is. Oh, my God. I'm I'm, I'm probably going to go after I leave your house. My mouth is watering. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all the things I like. Yes. Um. So I watched, I don't know if you've watched it yet or not. And I don't, is it okay if I just ramble on? Sure.
0: That's what we do. Uh, I watched the new Batman. Have you watched the new Batman yet? I've not, but I've heard, I've heard two stories. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, what is this crap? And I've heard other people go, not what I was expecting, but I actually liked it. It, so it, that was the two that was the two things I got. It was long.
1: Um I I didn't know it was almost 3 hours so I got kind of halfway into it and I paused it and I was like how much time do I got left? I'm like holy crap, I got another 2 hours left. Holy crap. And and I, this was late at night the other night, but um it was good. It was um it was very comic booky. If you like comic books, like the dialogue was very comic booky. The um the 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 cinematography was very like the 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 angles they were doing was very comic booky, and it was it was good. It wasn't it wasn't the Dark Knight, of course. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to get back to that okay. that 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 point of Batman. That was
0: just the Christopher Nolan Batman's was, in my opinion, the best Batman's. My opinion. Okay, my opinion. Yes, the best Batman's was the animated Dark Knight series with Mark Hamill playing the Joker.
1: See, I haven't seen those. Oh, those
0: are good. okay. Okay, I need to check those out then. Now, I liked Christian Bale as Batman. Yes, except for the voice.
2: Well, they and, should have
0: done something like this, and like the Darth Vaderish version of "All right, we filmed it. Now get on the microphone and be like, ah, you know, yeah, because you can't hear him, and he's such a good actor that I'm sure he demanded that. No, 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 I can do it. I can do it. And we're like, yeah, okay. Well, but, well, this is going
1: to happen with the new Batman too. <laughs> What's it? Robert Pat Patson, Pat Yeah, so yeah. he's doing he's doing the. I'm I'm vengeance thing. He's doing that. So, so yeah. It's if you didn't like that with him, you're probably not gonna like this. But with with the new Batman,
0: come on, guys. You're you're a big Hollywood studio. Have some balls. Like, get the audio right. You got one job. Get the audio right. The visuals are okay. You know, listen. Batman's been done over and done over. The visuals all look cool. Even the Michael Keaton visuals. Even Val Kilmer is Batman. The visuals are okay. And George Clooney's weird nipple thing. That was okay. (laughs) Get the I, audio. I right. like the weird nipple thing. The that weird nipple yeah. thing was really disturbing, but it was okay. Uh, and overall, because you were distracted, because you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mister Freeze. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to freeze you. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how could you not love that? Um, plus, we get to watch. You know, was it Chris Parnell playing Robin? It was, it was Chris. Was it Chris Parnell
1: or uh, what was Chris, his name? It was Chris something. And what part? Chris Parnell. He does. What he does Archer. Um, what was that dude's name? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He, Chris Pratt, maybe not Pratt. No, because no, he,
2: he's
0: yeah, it's a Chris something. Wasn't Chris Catan, no, he was he was the pool boy, the cabana boy, um, on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, I don't know his name, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. He was he's, a, he's irrelevant now to me. His character was terrible. Um, Mr. Freeze was hilarious, though. Yeah, I, I think it was Arnold having fun. Just how, how, how extremely crazy can I make Mr. Freeze? And and, and he, I liked he did, it, he did a good job of it. Yeah, I liked it, he really did, but also. The sound was great. Yeah. Okay. Ever since then, you know, you go to, what was it? Who played the Dark Knight when, uh, when Val Kilmer was, was it Chris Nolan? I mean, was it um Christian Bale? Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Okay. That That was a fantastic movie. But also the sound was okay. They did okay with that sound. The next movies, not so great. Yeah. They just screwed something up. I don't know what they did. They paid more attention to the, the costume, the visuals, the visuals, because mm-hmm. they changed the Batmobile. I mean, I know they had the AI thing with Morgan Freeman and the the Bat sound. Yeah, and he could hear everybody, and that was kind of cool. But like, you got to get Batman's voice right. Is it because it just becomes distracting at a certain point? Well, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's that. Or I, I'm, I'm
1: vintage. I, I don't know why they got to give him like that. I mean, he right. they don't have to have like a, a high pitched voice, like a happy no,
0: voice. But I mean. Just a normal voice. Even Venom did it right. Yeah. I mean, you can hear everybody just fine. As he's Venom, he got a special voice for it. Mm-hmm. It sounds great. That's yeah. the thing. You, yeah. can't, you can't distract the audience from something that's so simple.
1: Yeah. I thought that, um, honestly, Bane had a better voice than Batman. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Bane had the
0: freaking mask on and this thing over his face. So, yeah. Yeah. Plus, it was, it was super hard not to, like, look at his arm and go, Jesus, how hard did you work out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Hardy's not that big of a guy. Tom Hardy, that's his name? Yeah. He's not that big of a guy, but for that
0: role... He could get pumped. He he got swole. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and now he's Venom, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was great in Peaky Blinders. Anyway, I'm I'm sidetracking. No, no, it's it's okay. So, Batman...
1: That that's yeah. really my review about. That was the three-hour adventure. It's very long. It's very if you like comic books, it's it's very comic booky. It, it it hits home there. Um, it's got a good storyline. The Riddler is a very good villain in this one. I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Although I thought as as I was watching, it, I was like, man, Jim Carrey's Riddler in this movie would be hilarious because he would be taking such such a, a funny comic book character and putting him in a serious role, but. Um, the Riddler in this in this film was was really good. I, th- I thought it was thought it was a good film.
0: I, I don't have a rating system to give it I'd a like star that. or anything. I'd like well. Uh, so do you know who Adam Carolla is? I do. Okay, so Adam Carolla. Um, I used to listen to him on K Rock out in Los Angeles mm-hmm. when I was in the Marine Corps. Were you in Pendleton? You went to Camp Pendleton. We first went to uh, El Toro, and then to Tustin, and then we moved to Miramar. I would go to Pendleton to do rifle range stuff. Mm-hmm uh or magtaf or something like that but um <clears throat> he was getting a start as a character on k-rock as shop teacher bertram okay this is shop teacher bertram yeah. and he'd talk about shop class and how things would go wrong and he's supposed to be the movie review guy and they go so what are you giving and he goes i don't know a three inch flange with a with a quarter inch pipe and then he would say these weird you know carpentry terms of how we rate movies is that good you know if you got three fingers i guess you're okay <laughs> <It's> like, what <laughs> but he would give the most obscure movie reviews and i was like i loved it i love everything about that i wanted to because it's the it's the sideline you know i'm expecting the train to go this way and all of a sudden there's something over here and you go holy crap right it that way yeah it's I like that. I, you know, what would you give this movie? I don't know if you got a banana and it's traveling down the road on a horse, how fast would the horse have to go to eat the carrot? If, if the, <laughs> if the carrot was dancing with, you know, I don't know, Marilyn Monroe and you're like, is that a movie review? Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. That's, that's how this was. That's,
1: that's what that movie reminded me of. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's the, it's the thing you don't expect. Um, but yeah, I watched, uh, I, I didn't watch Batman yet. I'm going to at some point. Uh, the one I am looking forward to though, is, uh, the, the doctor strange multitude of madness. Cause I'm, I'm big time into Marvel and I'm watching all of the stuff that has to lead up to this, mm-hmm. and, you know, everything. And I, I know that even watching it, it's going to be one of those that I'm going to walk out of there going, what the crap did they just do? Right. Because there's so much that's going to happen. It's going to be even going back and watching the first doctor strange, um, it's one of those movies that I had to watch several times and I still, every time I watch it, pick out something new that I haven't seen before mm-hmm. or haven't noticed before. Yeah. There's a little, like there's people that have YouTube channels. All they do is Easter eggs of situations and go, did you notice this? Did you notice that? Ooh, I kind of like This that. has to do with this and I'm like, holy crap, I didn't see that part.
1: Now, do you think that that's real or are they making this up to make no. you, or they, it's you real. think, it,
0: you think it's, it's actual Easter eggs put in there by the production? They're producer. all tied in. Okay, all yep. tied in. Yep, because, listen, everybody that's involved in this is comic book fans. Yeah. Everybody who makes this stuff is comic book fans. They have a, they, you know how when you used to write a story in school, they'd say, come up with an outline. Mm -hmm. And now you build a summary. Yeah. And now you write your story. Yeah. They build an outline that's, that would look like an insane person. Right of stuff a whiteboard. on a wall, yes. Like and like, they go like Charlie and um, Always
1: Sunny when he was in the mailroom. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah with, with red string tied around ropes, and it's going <laughs> to different walls, and it's, yeah. it's probably taking up an entire floor of a building. And they're going, "This is the outline." And you're mm-hmm. like, "You what?" But they, in that process, go, "Oh yeah, because we're working on this project, and it's coming up. Let's put this little thing in here, yeah. and let's do that, and let's let's have that storyline." And and there's little Easter eggs throughout every every series they do, every movie they do. Wow. And it's so intertwined that that people who are in the comic books or even just now getting into the Marvel stuff, they're gonna find so much into it that they're gonna be blown away. But it all ties into rules. Go go back to <laughs> <in> the rules <laughs> full circle, baby. We did it. Yes. I knew uh, I could do it. I just, to, I just had to figure it out. I was just making sure
1: that they weren't like back. I, I know you remember back in high school when you would have to read poetry or or stories and the, the poem or the story would, you would think it was to be about flowers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher would be like, no, this is about their mother's death. And you're like, how do you, how do you know this?
0: Right. How do you know? Did they, did, did they tell you this? Or are you just making this up? They went to school for it. Is that is that right? Well, I mean, you figure if you go to school for a, um, for a poetry degree, what are your there's no way, job qualifications? There's but no way teach my teachers poetry. in Darlington High School went to school for poetry degree. Mm. Maybe they just did a lot of drugs when they were kids. Maybe so. It's very possible. They they had that one hippie boyfriend who was like, I'll tell you what this is really about. This is about they're grieving, <laughs> grieving their mother's death. It's not about flowers. It's about them watching the Grinch when they were four and they weren't ready for all that drama. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so, yeah, I I have watched uh, uh the Russian Doll. I watched season one and two and it, it, at the end, like watching it at the end, I was blown away. And I, I, I put on Facebook, uh, I guess last night or this morning that it was a masterpiece and it is a masterpiece of really, you're calling it a masterpiece, writing, cinematography, I'm story writing, story editing, calling it a masterpiece. um, visualization, uh, acting, um, the, the levels that they go to with the story in season two is phenomenal. Um, existentialism, religion, the Holocaust, uh, time travel, multidimensional stuff. Wow. All of this in this movie. And it's all beautifully shot in a way that is satisfying and fulfilling and curious and weird and phenomenal. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. I mean, Amy Poehler is the creator of the show. Um, it's just phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I can't even talk about it enough. Uh, there's so much that I don't understand. There's so much I want to talk about. There's so much that, that I could watch again and mm-hmm. go, I didn't notice this part. This part is, holy crap, this ties into this other yeah. thing. And this other character is this person. And because there's a time travel element and there's a interdimensional element where there's, you know, she comes back as her mother at a certain point. Oh, gosh. And as she's, she sees herself in the mirror, she's her mother's image and she's pregnant with her. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that then, then she deep. goes, she gets, she somehow goes back and she's her grandmother. And she's in Nazi-controlled Hungary, and it's just—it's. See, I didn't realize the show was so this crazy. deep. It's
1: uh, so the, crazy. Just the first—I think I watched the first episode, and I liked it, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to continue to watch this." But oh yeah, I never did. So, so,
0: like, as a pitch, if anybody's interested in watching the show, uh, the first season is um, she's like Bill Murraying it in Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. but she dies. She dies a lot, right? And every time she dies, she immediately comes back to Ground Zero, which is her standing in front of a sink at, a, at her birthday party. Mm-hmm. And she comes out of the bathroom and her best friend sees her and she's like, Hey, there, birthday girl. Mm -hmm. You know, and and it's it's the same thing over and over and over again. And she keeps trying to escape this party. And every time she tries to escape, she dies again. Yep. And the way this was, and this is how they pitched the show, like in the beginning as a trailer, they were like, You guys are going to watch the show. And I was like, "Mm, I'm interested. (laughs) I'm interested. I like Groundhog Day. I like Groundhog Day. Yeah. I like the same thing over and over again. You know, The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Mm I thought that was cool. He's got to figure out how to, how to live past yeah, that day. Right. Her, hers is a similar situation. Um, and then she meets a guy on, on an elevator as it's getting ready to plummet to her death. She's like, hey, I don't know if you got the memo. We're about to die. He goes, it's okay. It happens to me all the time. And she goes, what? Oh. And then suddenly it's like, oh, there's a second part to this. And then you realize that they're connected in some way. And that, and that he also is in this time loop with her mm. of he dies every day also. Yeah. And he's been trying to figure out how to live past the day. And you're like, wait, how are they, how are they connected? How how would you handle that if you got in a time loop? I don't know. I don't know because like Bill Murray shows us the example of 10,000 lifetimes, basically, mm-hmm. where he goes down a dark hole and tries to kill himself a lot because mm-hmm. he's like, I can't get out of this. Right. He tries to manipulate the system where he gets to rob the, mm-hmm. the bank and mm-hmm. then use the money to do whatever he wants, buy whatever yeah. he wants. He learns to sleep with the hot girl because mm-hmm. he learns all the things that are going to make her eventually have sex with him. Mm-hmm. He learns how to play piano. He he didn't, you know, starts to be better himself. Yeah. He starts saving P- the kid from falling yeah. out of a tree. Mm-hmm. He learns to do the Heimlich maneuver so he can save somebody from mm-hmm. choking. He tries to learn about the people in the town. So he spends entire days and and weeks learning about them and asking questions and he really envelops the town and 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 does all of that. And I think that I think that honestly, I would do the same things. You think so? You'd I think do. I would probably do all of those things. You would start like he started, like
1: "Holy shit, what's going on?" I, I don't know. Why my like, oh. why, why is this song keep playing every morning? And why is this radio station keep playing the same song every morning? Well, and they saying,
0: they, yeah. they do a perfect job of showing him losing his mind in yeah. the process, oh, yeah. and and him coming to terms with the fact and going, "There, yeah, there's there's there's, there's acceptance at some point in the movie. He's just like, I know what's going to happen." Well, and he also gets drunk with the guys and he go, and he's like if you lived every day every day you know the same while what would was, you do while at? he was driving down the railroad track driving down the railroad track towards the train yeah mm-hmm. he's like there's no consequences it doesn't matter <laughs> like he gets to have that conversation with everybody mm-hmm. at some point he can reveal all the truth of it and no one's gonna remember the next day right so he can choose what he says what he does it's sort of like being a video game character that has unlimited lifetimes uh, and good, good point even yep. when it becomes too much and he tries to kill himself he's like I can't even do that. So then he starts focusing on other stuff, th- other stuff. How can I be a better person? Mm-hmm. How can I get to know the people around me? What is it I care about? Like he's all asking all of the questions that we would all ask ourselves, I guess, if we were stuck in that situation. Yep. And at, at the root of it, he finds out that he really is in love with this woman mm-hmm. that he was at odds with in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but he realizes that she's, she's beautiful in her own special way, mm-hmm. even though she's not you know supposed to be the classically beautiful person uh, and that she's driven and she's career minded and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. And he's like, yeah, but yeah, well, what makes you tick? Like, and as he's mm-hmm. trying to figure this stuff out, cause he's thinking he's taking advantage of her. He realizes like, no, like I actually care yeah. about her. And I don't know why I care about her, but I care about her. And, you know, maybe if we were stuck in that time, that sort of time loop that, uh, we would find somebody to connect with that we would feel similarly. I mean, yeah. I, I would hope. Yeah, and it, it's the part of that is he stopped compete. He was competing with her at one point. Yeah, cause they were both,
1: you know, these um, news, news anchors or this production crew, and then he started connecting with her, and
0: yeah, and yeah. he he bettered himself throughout the movie. So full circle. That brings us back to you start off in life trying to compete, and at the end, you're trying to make a connection. I think. I think so. Yeah. I think. I, th- 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 I think you just nailed it. I think so. So. Matt, Matt's got the secret to life. I don't know if you guys understand. No, I do not. Uh, I do not not have the secret to life. He doesn't realize it yet, but that was the secret. I do not have the secret to life. Um, He's gonna write a book. It's gonna be called The Secret Too. Uh, I'm just just (laughs) a dude talking about his mental
1: health. That's all I am. Uh, This back scratcher. I I need to
0: use that. Go ahead. It's it's a a free range back scratcher. You can can edit this out. No, no, no. Uh, Everything stays in. Good spot, right? It's all good. It's all good. Even the uh, even the weird Millennium Falcon phone charger thing that I have here, my buddy Greg bought me.
1: Look at that. Greg Greg seems like a good guy. I got a I got a buddy greg he lights a, up he's
0: a great He lights up blue whenever you put it on there i'm gonna give a shout out to my buddy
1: named greg too <laughs> greg uh greg's a very artsy guy he, he's been in and out of
0: bands with me throughout my whole life and um just a, just an all around good dude so yeah. i'm gonna give a shout out to greg my buddy greg's in a band too he's a, a lead singer of a 90s uh, cover band called uh 95 okay down in albany georgia um and uh yeah they're doing they're doing some pretty fantastic things. I've tried several times to go down and, and film some official videos for YouTube for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I have the stuff packed up and I'm heading down, something's happened. Something's happened. Yeah. Uh, the first time uh, the drummer got COVID and they realized, oh, crap, we can't like do this because well, yeah, we can't they,
1: expose a crowd. They should do like spinal tap and just... <laughs> kill them off and just replace the drummer just 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 <laughs> c- continuously have drummers in it no out. no no we
0: love Cade. Cade's great
1: <laughs> well i'm a drummer so i i i i, I completely understand you're that. like i can make a trip to albany <laughs> yeah.
0: um but uh and then the the most recent time i was on the way down and uh and my wife's father passed away as i was heading down and so oh. I, had, I had to make a sudden u-turn and uh Haul butt back here. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to happen eventually. We're going to get down there and, and film the I video. Like Groundhog Day.
1: You might not want. Maybe maybe it's not supposed to happen. Maybe
0: it needs to happen secretly. I think if it's going to happen, it's. I think if it's going to happen, um, I'll be okay with it no matter what. Uh, you at least have a story to tell out of Well, here's the thing: is like there's a lot of people that I talk to or work with that never think about Groundhog Day,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then there's people like me who think about Groundhog Day way more than they should. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that I'd be okay. Um, because I guess part of this podcast and part of my life has been the question of what if you rel- relive this day again? Or if you could choose a day you could relive over and over again, what would it be? Um, that was one of the questions he asked when he was Ooh, in the car a with, question. he asked that in the car of yeah. the drunk guys. If you could live a day over and over again, what would you do? And that one guy talks about being on the beach with this beautiful mm-hmm. girl and he's like, That's a that was a good day. Mm-hmm. He's like, That is a good day. And he's like what day would you not want to repeat and, and then they tell him about another day he's like oh that's a day yeah, that's terrible <laughs> right yeah but yeah i mean i think if we're ever faced with that kind of stuff we got to figure out our own path um but i think that i would embrace it depending on the situation like it could be something traumatic like um well like tom cruise and live die repeat where mm-hmm. things are constantly trying to kill him you know right that's kind of terrible yeah. uh, i hope i wouldn't be in that situation i, I hope mine would be more of punks type situation
1: (laughs) yeah i think you know with groundhog day it was yeah bill murray lived the same day over and over again um and he was growing each day but but i think we as people would like to do that to grow but we have developed this character of ourselves and we don't want to necessarily get out of that bubble because Mm -hmm. we might be afraid of what someone thinks oh if, if i pivot from this person i am today to this person tomorrow what will others think even though you're bettering yourself but who cares mm-hmm. like if you're bettering yourself just go for it so that, that could be part of it too you, you, you might can live groundhog day without living the same day over and over just try to better yourself a little bit each day um as opposed to just being that same if you don't like how your circumstances are or whatever what can you do to, to better yourself just a little bit each and every day to to
0: get to wherever you're going in life yeah or if you find yourself in a funny movie like uh Boss Level I don't know if you've ever seen that. I haven't seen that. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Um it's got the guy from from uh, uh Captain America, the guy that's always fighting him in the military. Uh really buff military looking guy. Mm-hmm. It's it's got Mel Gibson as the as the boss, okay? And like uh, is this
1: like a recent movie?
0: Yeah. So Mel Gibson still got roles? It's uh every episode these assassins are trying to kill him like Uh, every every time he wakes up they're trying to kill him and they and they succeed a lot (laughs) and and he starts treating it like a video game he's like okay this guy's gonna stab me he always stabs me that way why does he and then he he moves past this guy and goes to the next guy and he's like and then this idiot and then someone runs up and like there's a there's a midget at a certain point that runs up and 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 hands him something he's like what's this and then he blows up and he's like, crap." So he has to repeat the same day over and over again. The midget Doing with this, the bomb. It's almost it. like a dance at a certain point. He's like, I got to make it past all these levels to get to the boss. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to find out why they're trying to kill me, you know? And because he, he knows he just keeps repeating the days. So right. he's like, what is the point of this? But that, listen, if you're looking for a fun, crazy, violence-filled, uh, time travel, Groundhog Day type kind of movie, boss level. It's hilarious. Boss level? Boss level. Okay. I'm going to have to check that one out. I'll off. show you a, a thing on the computer yes. when we're done yeah it's good uh i don't know the dude's name he's like a superior looking athlete kind of guy mm-hmm. one of these buff movie dudes it's yeah like the perfect action hero guy gotcha um, but it's phenomenal it's phenomenal yeah uh all right so anyway but again there's rules there's rules and they're repeating he makes a choice i think we did a good job i think uh i think i'm running out of steam now.
1: <laughs> Me too, okay, yeah. campaigns
0: out. But anyway, thank you for doing the podcast and I will be on your podcast. We'll do something yes. with, with yours and we'll we'll have fun and it'll be entertaining and uh if nothing else, uh, we'll get uh, tens of listeners to check us tens, out. and uh, Tens. And maybe those people will help somebody else. And maybe all of it will eventually help at least one person to get help if they yeah, need it. because you told me on our phone
1: conversation last week that that's your ultimate goal in this. Just your, keep going. Your early. evil plan, I think you call My it. My evil
0: plot. Evil plot. I just want get... people to share and build community and help build community even further and... Have us communicate better so that we can achieve more together.
1: And we don't have any excuses because we have, we have the technology. We have the tools. We have the te- we
0: technology. We have the technology. We're the $6, $6 million man. Yes. I mean, that used to buy you a lot more back then. $6 million but- <laughs> man on a $10 budget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, step by step, if, if anybody's curious in how to do this kind of stuff, we can show you what to do with with absolutely nothing but your phone. Um, this didn't just become this overnight. Yes. This slowly grows. Uh, this will get bigger if I if my evil plot goes like I planned. Um, but here's the thing is like we can build community with each other. We can do our own thing together, we can help each other out, we can we can promote each other, we can promote the positive, we can promote people like Victor Smith or Victor Webster, who's doing the, the sweet grass vodka. We can promote Kelvin, who's doing a new you counseling, mm-hmm. we can promote Dove, Dove, Derek Dove, who's out there musician. He's just trying to make content for people during the COVID. Listen, we can help each other do all kinds of things. We just got to do the thing. Just got to connect. Yeah. What, what, do what it. does it take? What did it take out of my life? Like two hours? Okay.
1: Yeah. I met a, I met a new a new guy today. I I met he, a
0: new person to hang out with. He's a good dude.
1: So we, we can have something to talk about now. We share. Yeah. If I hadn't started a podcast, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Right. Meeting. I wouldn't have met you. So it's it's a way to it's a way to meet new people. Right.
0: And we're all connected. We're mm-hmm. making a connection because we're yes. we're older. <laughs> we we are we are older. We Full ha- circle. We have ah. gr- we have gray. Full circle. We we're making a connection. Um. So anyway, thank you for everybody for listening, and thank you for uh, checking it out. Please check out Part Time Struggle. Uh, tell Matthew you said you heard him here, and be like, hey, he'll give you like a special reward, like a sticker or something, or I'll give you a shout out or something. It, so my it, tens of followers could it'll can be hear like you. a digital sticker. You get a digital. <laughs> star on your name that they'll exist somewhere. Um, and it'll be special and we'll know about it, but also like the goal again is just to help people realize that it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say out loud, I need some help and you don't have to broadcast it to everybody at work if you don't feel comfortable doing that, but feel okay to talk to people, talk to a professional, get some help. Uh, don't become the Amish killer. Don't end up as a a character on Dan Mm -hmm. Cummings podcast. Uh, time suck. I mean, you know, do the right thing, talk about it and also make not being normal. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're all not normal. We're all not normal. We all have, a story we all have a story to tell we all if, you, all
2: have if you tell learned. me you're normal
0: i don't trust you so <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it i'm gonna wrap this up thank you everybody for listening thank you for subscribing uh please comment uh, check out the pod check out the website www uh leave us comments that's how he connected to me i said something exactly about connect to me and suddenly i had a message saying hey i want to do the podcast i like it and i was like okay cool so here we are proof it works that simple it's that simple that simple Yeah. And if you're nervous about talking, don't worry. I'll do the heavy lifting. Uh, Let's just have a conversation. That's how we grow this thing. So thank you, everybody. And always sign off by saying cue the cow. So move, baby.